Good morning. Can I say thank you for the invitation and the welcome and the way that we've been led in uh, worship here already this morning. Um, It's 10 years, I know I haven't changed, but it's 10 years since I uh, left the role of associate here. So it's lovely to uh, renew uh, fellowship and to see change uh, in the life of the church as well. It's always great to keep in touch and to be encouraged about uh, all that's happening. Great to be here on an anniversary Sunday. It's a good thing, I think, that you do that each year. In fact, I would say it's a God thing because God put it in place even for people in Old Testament times to have festivals, to have events, to have moments when you hit the pause button, a time to remember and celebrate and give thanks, moments to recommit in the here and now, and moments to trust God for the future. This church began in 1935, I was here for the 70th anniversary in 2005. I recall very well some of the lovely black and white footage of this church, uh, this, this older part of the church being built, uh, and interviews with some of the folks from the early days. Uh, and this particular anniversary may not seem like a very significant one, uh, number 82, but you may consider it a significant year in that Ken arrived in the church's 50th anniversary year in 1985 and retires this year after 32 years. So as you hit pause, as you celebrate, as you recommit, and as you trust for the future at this anniversary in this year, I want to simply bring you uh, to God's word and to encourage you. So we're going to uh, read some verses from uh, Colossians uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2. So first of all, from Colossians chapter 1, beginning at verse 21, let's hear God's word. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you wholly in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. And in chapter 2 and verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than in Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form and you have been given fullness in Christ who is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature not with the circumcision done by the hands of men but with the circumcision done by Christ having been buried with him in baptism and raised with him through your faith in the power of God who raised you from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them at the cross. Amen. And we thank God for uh, his word to us 
and great that we've managed to, to get uh, pictures on the screen as well. I wonder, have you ever felt like giving up at anything? Are you a quitter or are you someone who perseveres? I have been there at the Belfast Marathon, 26 grueling miles. I have watched those people do that race. <laughs> Many times I have seen people feeling like pulling up and falling out of the race. And I wonder to myself, how on earth do they keep on going? At last year's London Marathon, Jemima Sumgong sprung a surprise as he recovered from a dramatic fall five miles from the finish to win her first major city marathon. The 31-year-old Kenyan had been runner-up in Boston, Chicago and New York, had been fourth in the World Championships the year before, but this time she proved too strong and won in two hours, 22.58. Her fall must have shaken her up, but she got up shook herself down, went on, and won. And today, I want to think about how you continue, how you keep on going. In Christian life, with all of the pressures, how do you keep on going? As a church, with the times in which we live, with increased secularization, more anti-Christian media and influence, and just a lack of interest out there, we feel, how do we keep on How do we continue as a church being and sharing the good news of Jesus? In a time of change here in Orangefield, how do you keep on being a church of disciples making disciples? I want you to be encouraged as we turn to God's word, to the letter of Colossians. Paul uh, writing to the church at Colossae there, and as he writes to them, he looks back at their story, at how the church was established there, at how they heard and received the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And now he reminds them of where they've come from and encourages them to go on, to continue. We read that in the first few verses. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. Continue, established, not moved recognizing some of the challenges they face, not least the problems of false teaching that could so easily lead them astray. We read that in in chapter 2 and verse 18, that no one takes you captive uh, through hollow and deceptive philosophy and human translation. He calls them to keep on. At the heart of it is this verse that I want to uh, focus on, just the next slide. If you don't remember much else, remember this. So then... Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. So there's a few things I want us to notice. Just as you received Christ Jesus, continue. Continue. That's the next slide. You could all too quickly go past the first part of this verse the looking back, whenever the emphasis is on going forward. But this part can't be missed. It's too important. Paul is calling on those people who have already received Jesus Christ as Lord to continue in him. In other words, to put it plainly, you can't carry on with something that you haven't started. To go back to the marathons, you can't be called upon and encouraged to continue to go on if you never went over the starting line in the first place. 
Imagine I go along on May Day and I'm there to cheer you on and I've got a great vantage point and I have water ready for you and I have my banner and I'm ready to clap and cheer. There isn't much point if you never got over the starting line and began. And as I come today to encourage you in Orangefield to continue, you can't do that if you haven't, first of all, started. And it might be that you're part of the congregation here, maybe even a regular attender, maybe involved in different areas of the life of the church, maybe even for some time. But you can't yet be encouraged to continue because you haven't yet actually started. You need to start. You need to get to the line. You need to go over the line. You need to trust in Jesus and who he is and what he has done for you at the cross. In fact, more than just that, You need to receive him not only as saviour but as Lord and put him in charge of your life. I recall some years ago, I think it was maybe at the time that you were coming back into this building, that you produced a a book of stories of faith. Uh, This church has many wonderful personal stories of faith. People from all kinds of backgrounds and places, people who grew up here and people who came here. But the question is, for everyone individually, do you have your own story? You might have been drawn in and made welcome, but you don't yet have your own story of knowing Jesus. I appeal to you, if you haven't, to do something about that today. Just as you received Christ Jesus, continue. And then, rooted, Paul then goes on in a few concise words to paint a few pictures of what this looks like to continue, what it means for us. The first word is rooted, a a natural uh, horticultural picture. Now, I am not very uh, green-fingered, but even I know the importance of roots. I once had to move a a couple of uh, small trees. Well, I say I, I had to get someone to do it. Uh, And it was really important that we we brought the whole root ball, uh, that we brought the whole system, and that the trees were were well planted, that the hole was big enough, that there was good soil, that there was plenty of room so that they could take root, so that they could get established and through that root system uh, draw upon the water and the nutrients needed to grow. And because that was well done, we were able to watch those trees bud and come to life and continue to grow. Roots may be unseen, but they are vital. They are so important for life and health and growth. And so I want to suggest that for us, continuing and the challenge is to put down roots. And to suggest that we do that in terms of our own spiritual lives. In a sense, there's nothing fancy or modern or new in that. Our roots are our spiritual lives, the Bible and prayer and depending on those things for our spiritual life and growth. Do you ever notice in a storm, it's the trees that have had very shallow roots that can be uprooted and fall over. When trouble comes and it does, it's the depth of the roots that make a difference. Your recent week of prayer and fasting shows that you believe that to be true, not only individually but corporately as well. One of the purposes in your vision statement highlights it to help our members become fully devoted members, uh, followers of Jesus Christ. Such discipleship should be marked by a deepening relationship with the Lord and each other so that our lives may demonstrate faithfulness and integrity to God and his word. Rooted and then built up. 
The second phrase is built up an, an architectural or construction picture. Over the last few months, a new house has been uh, going up in, in a kind of vacant plot where we live, and I, I pass by it on an almost uh, daily basis. And it's fascinating to watch the, the progress being made each day as, as it takes shape. But in one sense, it's just the same as any other build. The foundations go in, the corners, the brickwork, and the roof, and all the rest, one stage after the other. And that picture of building, of construction, is a number of times, as you know, that the picture for the church in the Bible and the New Testament built together on the foundation of the apostles, Jesus, as the cornerstone holding it all together, and his people, the bricks that are built up together. So if we continue on as we are rooted in the disciplines of our own spiritual lives, then I want to suggest that we are built up as we find our place in the life and fellowship of the church. We do not continue in isolation. We are meant to be together in worship, to learn, to encourage, to care for, and to help each other. We need to positively use all of the opportunities given in the life of the church to do that, to be regularly at worship, to take those opportunities for fellowship together, to learn from God's word together, to pray together. Again, it's one of your stated aims that not only are all welcome, but that you aim to have everyone involved or access to a small group or fellowship. Rooted and built up, and then strengthened. I've already hinted today that I'm not known for my uh, physique or uh, fitness or training regime. Uh, The truth is there would be a a lot of work to be done there, uh, a lot of stretching of muscles and so on to get me strengthened from uh, the weakling that I am. I, a few months ago, visited uh, BBs at a BB weekend camp, and I I was a bit gung-ho. I thought, whatever these boys can do, I'll show them. The chaplain can do as well. Unfortunately, the afternoon activity was a a full-blown outdoor army-style obstacle course, Nets, walls, tires, tubes, you know, all that stuff. And I paid for that foolishness for some time. (laughs) I want to suggest if we are rooted through the spiritual disciplines and built up through our fellowship in the church, then we are strengthened when we exercise our gifts as we serve God, each other, and the community and world around us. First, We have to find and test our gifts, and while that's a continuing challenge to make that happen in the reality of of life and church life, I know Orangefield has a strong ethos of every member ministry, and and the church here has developed through the exercising of the many people and the many gifts that God has given, and the wide variety and spread of them from catering and administration and technical skills to pastoral care to working with young or old or reaching out in new ways. It's a core belief of this place, isn't it? We believe every person's ministry is significant in the kingdom of God. And you know, you learn by doing, don't you? You grow in ability and confidence the more you do things. The more you stretch yourself, the more you go beyond what you have done before or are familiar with. Isn't that the case when you've got involved in something that you've not been before, uh, that maybe you didn't think that you were up to, maybe some service in the church, or maybe going somewhere else uh, on a team, or maybe taking on a role of leadership? 
that it's where you stretch your spiritual muscles, as it were, that you grow in faith. It doesn't seem to happen when you're sitting around doing nothing. And that's why I've been so excited to hear from Ken, the things that continue to develop here, the folks who step up. Uh, and again today, and I'd heard from uh, Philip before, who was uh, working with us in Crown Jesus a few months ago, but great to hear again today of the new venture of reaching out in Clonduff. So we're called to continue. Rooted, built up, and strengthened. Developing our spiritual lives growing closer in fellowship, stretching ourselves in service. And there's one final thing that Paul suggests that we need to do to continue to be thankful. Well, actually, he says, overflowing with thankfulness. I'm sure you've noticed how negativity and complaining can become a way of life, can become part of some people, and and how much it holds them back. And I'm sure you've noticed how in some environments it can become contagious in a family, in a workplace, sadly even in a church, and it can become a a dangerous thing. All too easy to fall into that trap when things are difficult. And we all know that we live in difficult times for the church and its life and witness today. But just hit that pause button. Wait a moment. And as you do, stop and look at God. Remember who he is. Remember what he has done. Think about it in your own life. Think about it in the life here of Orangefield. Reflect on his faithfulness and on his power and be thankful. And let that thankfulness fill up and spill over in your life. Because that too will spur you on and enable you to continue. And so at this anniversary and in this year of change for the life of Orangefield I want to encourage you today to continue to continue in praying not just out of routine but to really seek and know God's vision for now and for the future to continue in giving to hand it over not just to pay the bills or to clear the debt but so that ministry and mission might grow And to continue in serving, not just as you've always done, but recognizing that there's always more of the work of God's kingdom to do. Isn't that the thing? To continue doesn't mean to do the same things in the same way. So much has changed over the 10 or the 30, I nearly said Ken had been here 50 years, uh, or or the, the 82 since this year this church began. So much has changed in the life of the church. So much has changed in the culture around. So much has changed in the setting that you are trying to reach. And it continues to change at a rapid pace. So continue to look to God. Continue to follow him. To see how he leads you. Keep the main thing. The main thing. Don't be precious about unimportant things. Don't live in the past. But learn from it. And look to the future that God has. The story of Orangefield is to be continued. Amen. Let's pause and pray for a moment as we respond.
As we take a few moments in God's presence, let's thank him that his story is still to be continued. That history has not yet come to its conclusion, that the redemption plan of God is yet to be completed, that one day Jesus will come again. We've been singing and thinking about it today. Let's thank God that the work that he's done in our lives personally is not finished yet, that we are not what we once were, and by his grace, not yet what we will be. And let's thank God that the story of Orangefield is to be continued to. Let's pray for session and committee and staff and leaders and congregation to grasp God's vision and for each one to be committed to it. And let's pray that if there's someone who has not yet begun, who has not yet made Jesus Savior and Lord, that today might be the beginning. Lord, hear all these our prayers and take today our lives for your kingdom and your service and continue your work in us and through us and through this place. For we ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.